0: It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden.
1: I got you coming like a Madden. Bludgeon bludgeon bludgeon, 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 bludgeon. Bludgeon,
0: Wing Wingstop, 20 piece. See, he drums only.
2: This team for flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can He's always, always do work. Girl, I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Around six, pick 200. I can always get work. It's the Back Judge Podcast, and after a few weeks of uh, feature guests, the, the original trio is, is back to work. Tommy Murray, Lee Murray, and myself, Adam Klepp, bringing you some Week 8 NFL action. A little bit of an underwhelming slate, but there's also a, a few games in here that are mildly intriguing, and boys, I feel like this season has flown by. We're already in, in Week 8. Where's where the, where the time gone?
0: flown by but uh, I think we're starting you know it is week 8 and we're starting to get a a pretty good idea of where all these teams are at I don't think there's a lot of secrets left to be to be held and uh, I think the play I mean at least in the AFC the playoff picture I think is is pretty you know actualized unless you know barring a run from Cleveland maybe or uh, you know one of these unforeseen teams I think we're starting to the, uh, the, the cream is starting to rise to the top in the NFL. Cleveland ain't making a run say that much i know are making any run yeah i guess, I guess the jets, jets if the jets, jets make a
1: run to, if, our, to, if our jets can make a run yeah to quote my uh to quote headmaster clep uh it's draft season for a lot of these teams man and uh it is you know it's always bittersweet watching it go by but uh got a lot to look forward to still got a lot of time left and uh, excited to be back on the pod. I've missed. I've missed the last one, so I'm just. I'm just happy to be here.
2: The Thursday night game, too. I mean, uh, the Thursday night and Monday night game just awful this week. But let's let's briefly kick it off with Redskins at Vikings. I have the Vikings winning by double digits. They beat the crap out of bad teams. The Redskins are a bad team. Kirk Cousins has been playing really well the last few weeks since his kind of rough performance in. Uh, I think it was it was before the Giants game, I can't remember who, it against the Bears. Uh, and I think the Vikings will roll here and keep pace with, with the Packers.
1: Yeah, I'm not really interested in this game. I'm going to the Pistons game with uh, Connor Ryan and Jonah Lopas tonight, a few familiar names. So uh, I will not be watching this game and uh, not really disappointed that I'm missing out on this game. Kind of feel like I'm I, – I like – entertainment-wise, I, I – had this at like the level of preseason game. I'm just not very interested in watching it. Um, I expect the Vikings to win by yeah double digits. Not not really seeing too much out of Washington too far.
0: Yep, no surprises here. Uh, Lee, we're, we're both we're the two last guys in Survivor. Are you on the Vikings tonight for Survivor? Or?
1: I already picked the Vikings earlier in the season.
0: Oh, oh really? Yeah. All right.
1: So you're, you're, on, right. you're on the Vikings' we'll, island. We'll I get guess. to that.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to be on Vikings Island and uh, I am getting flashbacks to the Buffalo game last year, but uh, I don't think that uh, Case Keenum will be able to exact that, that kind of revenge. So I, I am pretty confident. I'm, I'm with you guys. This game really is not going to be that entertaining and I expect the Vikings to roll. And, and just a side note real quick, I, I've just been very impressed by them the past, you know, since that Giants game, especially last week against the Lions, uh, this team is just playing really well right now and is definitely a team to uh, strike fear on their opponents every week.
2: In Atlanta, it's the, uh, the flailing birds, Dan Quinn not yet fired, but it's a bird battle as well, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, I mean, I'm going to pick the Seahawks to win. They made a big trade this week that I think we'll talk about more when we get over to the Lions, but bringing in Quandre Diggs just to add, uh, to bolster their secondary a little bit that had been a, a tad a bit of a weak spot so far this year. So uh, I don't expect the Falcons to suddenly start playing any better than they have been. They're a pretty trash team. It doesn't matter. They're at home. I think the Seahawks even come from out west are just going to come in here and also also roll a little bit on the road.
1: Yeah, Seattle team that I think left a lot of points on the field last week against Baltimore. I unfortunately didn't get to watch the games because I was driving back from Chicago, but from what I understood and uh, watching a few replays, a Seattle team that I really want to quickly touch on, uh, I'm a big fan of Warren Sharp and a lot of his analysis, him talking about uh, in the Russell Wilson era, Seattle is, uh, I want to say, 28 for 31 on fourth and one or fourth and two, something of that nature. Um, and they continuously refuse to, to go for it and kick field goals and miss field goals. They, they don't have a very reliable kicking game. Um, so I, I just kind of want to see Pete Carroll take a step, at least analytically, to be making better decisions and maybe um, seeing recognizing that he does have arguably, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league on his team and to put a little bit more faith in Russell Wilson on fourth down. Um, and my other point about this game is apparently Julio Jones, after last game uh, in the locker room, was going on a uh, – kind of a, I don't know necessarily what to call it, but trying to incite a little bit of uh, a fire in the belly of, of, of the Falcons and in, in, in saying we need to stand behind Dan Quinn. This man has done a lot for us, and it's it's our fault that we're not doing well. we got to turn turn back and look at the players. So, you know, Atlanta obviously has been a trash heap of a team so far this year, but it is the NFL, um, and I, I expect these guys to, to come out and fight at home and give their fans something to root for. So I don't think it'll be – um, an easy win by any means, but I definitely lean Seattle coming off a uh, devastating home loss to to Baltimore, and where they were absolutely out analytical by uh, John Harbaugh and company.
0: Yeah, yeah and as, as someone who didn't watch the earlier slates as well, because I was driving back too, um, that's kind of what the takeaway was, the that Harbaugh you know, made the analytically sound decisions and trusted Lamar Jackson on fourth down, and, and they just kind of converted, and and uh, Carroll was chasing field goals. And so I, I would like to think that, you know, they have a clear coaching advantage in this matchup and they can, um, you know, just kind of come out with the win. I, I'm, I'm with you, Lee. I mean, I definitely am kind of scared that the Falcons are going to, I guess, wake up for maybe a game and try and save Dan Quinn's job or, or at least give that effort. Because last week as someone who had the over on that game and I really was confident in it, the Falcons' offense just – and that was the only thing that was kind of keeping them in games this whole year, really sputtered. Uh, and and I think and Matt Ryan is questionable for this game, uh, right? Isn't he, there, is there a word yet on whether he's going to play or not? I know he, he hurt his ankle uh, against the Rams last week. Uh, so, I mean, either way, they're either going to be with uh, – they're going to either have Schaub or, or Matt Ryan. So I don't even know their back of it. If it's uh, Schaub,
2: they're they're really done.
0: Yeah, they are. It might really be done, Kurt but, Benkert. Yeah, I, I think you might be right, but uh, – <laughs> It's just, yeah, I mean, I I expect the Seahawks to kind of, this is a game that they kind of need to win with, you know, the NFC West being as competitive as it is.
2: The Chargers and Bears are two teams that are trending in the wrong direction. And I I literally just remembered this right now that Jonah Lopez had texted me asking to uh, come on the podcast and and share his Trubisky slander. So I I guess I suppose I apologize for for forgetting that, but, let it it also be known that he's not gonna come up on this podcast and say anything that this podcast has been saying since April of twenty seventeen. So I
1: don't wanna hear I don't wanna hear Lopez on the podcast. He can start his own podcast. He's too easy he stood up for Trubisky for too long to just turn the corner right around while all these Twitter personalities are doing the same thing and just jump on the ship.
2: Vulturing. Lopez is vulturing right now, circling the carcass uh but i mean these bears i've had to watch every single one of these games and they're just one of the most boring teams in the nfl to watch matt nagy he's losing a little bit of credibility i mean you trade up for a guy like david montgomery after trading jordan howard like this guy didn't fit our system let's get the guy that does and you give him one carry in the first half of this game after like kind of protecting him in the entire preseason just horrible stuff going on there i think trubisky's just in his head to be honest i'll give nagy the benefit of the doubt until he gets a real quarterback to to kind of see where this offense can go but he hasn't necessarily been himself like it says on his on his play sheet
1: um this is the official uh you know dumpster fire game of the week between the chargers and the bears here are two teams that I think have already surpassed their losses from last year. Um, if not already, then, then I'm very close to doing that. Um, I think these are two teams that have regret, clearly regressed. Um, obviously I've said my piece time and time again about Trubisky. There's, there's only so much that this Chicago defense can do. Uh, and I, I think this is a chargers team that is kind of, you know, a, again, another team that is shown their weaknesses and teams are kind of exploiting them at this point. And, uh, I honestly am going to lean uh, to the Chargers in this spot just because I think they have a better quarterback, and uh, I think they have a bit more to play for at this point. I think the the wind is totally out of the sails in Chicago, so I do lean Chargers, but as far from a betting perspective or anything of that nature, I'm definitely staying away from this game, and like I said earlier, I truly believe neither of these teams will be playing in the postseason, so.
0: That's it? Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, this this both of these teams are really disappointing. I mean, Clep, you you summed it up with the Bears, and I kind of tend to agree with you that I think Nagy can't really even stick to a game plan that he wants to run because Mitch is in his head. And, I mean, even regardless of that fact, there's no way that Trubisky should be sh- throwing close to 60 times a game. I just don't know, you know what that's going to accomplish. So there's definitely a whole philosophical dilemma going down on that coaching staff. And then on the other side, I mean, the Chargers have kind of regressed to, to that team that they were since we started this podcast, and they were the, the unofficial darling for two years straight, and they would get into these games. I mean, last week was a prime example where Melvin Gordon fumbles and loses the game away on, on the last play, and it's just a typical Chargers Give it loss. to Eckler. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> seriously, give it, Eckler has been clearly better than him, and the fact that they have now wasted two weeks of – the rhythm that they had going with Eckler to try and get Melvin Gordon re into the game plan for a guy that they're not even going to re-sign this year and they're not going to pay just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I guess for that reason, I'm, I'm leaning Bears just because I the Chargers should win because, like you said, Lee, they have probably a higher ceiling because the Bears' defense can't consistently you know, be relied on to win games. But with that being said... I think their offensive line is awful. Rivers, I think, has looked a little bit worse this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's not going to get in the time that he had last year. Uh, and I just kind of expect the Bears to just get an ugly win at home, and the, and the Chargers are not, not being able to really capitalize, because that's kind of what they've done this whole this whole year against the Lions. Uh, tr- awful turnover by, to Dar- the, the t- pick by Darius Slay last week. I mean, this, this, I just can't really put any faith in this team to win, but it's definitely a stay away.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't really make my pick. I'm leaning Bears here just because, like you said, Tommy, that, Chargers' offensive line is awful, and the Bears still have a a pretty good defensive line despite Akeem Hicks being out. But let's go to another NFC North team playing at home. The Lions have kind of self-destructed over the last three weeks, and kind of all that losing culminated in just to a Lions fan Twitter meltdown when they traded away Quandre Diggs for basically a fifth-round pick. A move I just really don't understand. People can try and rationalize it by saying, oh, well, they drafted Will Harris, and uh, you know, he's going to come in and fill the same role. But it's like, why would you even draft Will Harris if you already have a guy like Quandre Diggs there? And, you know, a year after trading to, you know, the a fifth-round pick to the Giants to get a, a all-pro player like Snacks, you kind of just, obviously Diggs isn't the level of player that Snacks him, but you kind of turn around and, and do the opposite after everyone was praising you for a move like that, and you just kind of do the same thing, but you're on the losing end of that deal. So weird move by Bob Quinn, in my opinion. It was a weird move. It was a weird move to draft Will Harris, frankly. So uh, this team can't get any pass rush. I'm numb to them. I don't care really anymore. I don't put my my uh, emotions into them that much anymore. I just can't really do it. I'll watch the game, and I think they're going to beat the Giants because the Giants' defense is awful, and Daniel Jones is somewhat coming back down to earth after a, a hot start. So give me the Lions, but this team really has me uh, bummed out.
1: I think that it can, two things can be true, that I did overreact after the loss to the Packers and saying that the season was over, but I, I also think that I was right. Um, and I, I'm very, I, It was a very unfortunate circumstance that I was right about, um, but I did not see them. Uh, for, you know, I picked against them last week for the first time all year, and Minnesota went in and you know, put up 42 on them. Um, so, yeah, Club, uh, definitely on the same boat as you. Not a lot of faith left. Think that they're staring eight, seven, and one in the face right now. Um, maybe even seven, eight, and one, in another middle, middle, middling draft pick. Um, so yeah, but I, I definitely am leaning Detroit in this spot. Um, think that you know it's a good spot for them to kind of at least get a, get a get a win after you know two divisional losses and three losses in a row, pretty tough. So I like them to bounce back this week, but not not expecting big things down the line from the Lions.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of why the Diggs trade uh, perplex, perplexed perplex me a little bit. Is just because, you know, the the real uh, tough part of their schedule is over, and I think a lot of the games that the Lions are going to be playing going forward are easily are, are winnable. Uh, I don't want to say easily winnable. And Matthew Stafford, I think, is just. I mean, he's playing the best football that I've seen in a while, maybe since like twenty fourteen or fifteen. I don't know the year that they went. I to think it's the best outside. football of his career. Yeah, I mean, it it, it, it at the very least is you know. His second or third, you know, he's playing unbelievably. He's, he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and the defense. I, I didn't watch the Minnesota game, but it looked like for the most part the Lions were keeping up with Marvin Jones having that big game, uh, and then they just could, the the Vikings pulled away and the defense couldn't get a stop really. Um, so yeah, that's I got to bring it back to Diggs. I just don't. I don't really, that makes me kind of think that. I mean, yeah, you drafted Will Harris, but you must have a lot of faith in him to at least play at Diggs' level, which is a, is a relatively high level. For Diggs was a, a real impact player on that defense. Uh, and, and you know, they're going to be playing a lot of teams that I think are, are beatable in an NFC that is really tough, but if you, if you can win games, you're going to be right in the mix of things. So. Uh, it is a little perplexing, but uh, perplexing. But I, I do expect uh, the Lions to win this weekend against the Giants. And if they don't, I mean, geez, that's not a good sign.
2: Yeah, Stafford and Bevel have really put this team on their shoulders. And last week was just so frustrating because you bring in this guy, Patricia, who's supposed to get the defense right, but he can't get anything done against the Vikings. You have your two linebackers that Bob Quinn drafted and Jared Davis and Jelani Tavai, who to have negative instincts in pass coverage, absolutely negative instincts. I mean, Chris Spielman, I think it was on either during the Minnesota. I think it was during the Minnesota game. He says the one thing Jared Davis does is run straight. <laughs> like he does it really well. He runs in a straight line. It's like that's exactly. He's like uh, just a missile that, and he just runs straight and he can't. It, it's just awful. The the Vikings ruin them in pass and uh, play action and just super frustrating Kay. game.
0: What do you uh, what do you make of Carryon being out? Like, what is your kind of takeaway from from that?
2: It, it is what it is. I mean, Carryon was a guy who, in the draft process, was known as someone who was a little bit injury prone, um, and he played through them in college somewhat. But once he's gotten to the NFL, I mean, here's two straight years where he's going to be missing significant time due to injury. It's frustrating. I don't think, though, the issues with the running game really start with him. The, the Lions offensive line, you never see them you know consistently blow defensive lines off the ball. Uh, you just never see them get that two to three yards of, of push where the running back can kind of get a runway to, to start going and... We'll see what Ty Johnson can do. He's a six-round pick. I mean, this is my thing with the Lions is so many other teams in the NFL, I mean, even go to the Cardinals. Chase Edmonds has a great game last week, and their offensive line is objectively on paper way worse than Detroit. So so many other teams in the NFL find ways just to make things work, and if you're blaming the running game not being good on on Johnson, then you're just kind of looking in the wrong spots. I mean, the coaching staff has to step up, and just like every other team is dealing with injuries – You have to step up and make things happen. And throughout the course of my fandom, not once has Detroit really ever been able to handle adversity like that. So we'll see what happens. But my faith in the coaching staff adjusting this is not going to be very high. But let's go to to Jacksonville, kind of another low-wattage game here. The Jets really put up a stinker against New England. I thought that they would at least put up somewhat of a fight and cover what I think was a 17-point line. I mean, they didn't even come close. Patriots are playing a different sport than they are. Darnold had a good game against Dallas, but it kind of all unraveled against what is probably the best defensive in the NFL. But Jags also have a pretty good defense, even though Jalen Ramsey's still gone. I, I don't know. I, I think I'll pick the Jags because they're at home. But the, the Jets could have a bounce back week against a team that isn't elite.
1: It's a big week for me. You know, this is my prophecy, the, the inaugural week of my prophecy window here for the Jets. Um definitely not as excited about it as I was before the season started, all things considered. But uh, I still have faith that the Jets can come out of this window with, with five or six wins. And I think this is going to be the first one of them. Um, I'll, be jetting, I'll be betting on the Jets plus six and a half this week. I hope the number gets up to seven. I think it's too big. I don't think the Jaguars are that great of a team. I think they are a team that's kind of come come back, come back to earth a little bit in recent times. And I think that it's a little bit relieving for Donald. Um, to have, you know, obviously it was one of the worst games I've seen a quarterback play in a while, but it's in the rear view now. You know, you still got your job. It's not in jeopardy. Um, You got, you know, you got another game to play next week, and a window of games up ahead of you where a lot of them are very winnable. So I'm not expecting the world from the Jets, but I expect them to compete at a relatively high level. I'd like to see C.J. Mosley get fully healthy. I think that would help their team a lot. But I think that this is a Jets team that's going to go into Jacksonville and get a win this week. Um and that's basically all there is to it. I, I like them to kind of stay competitive and uh you know I'm not in love with the team as much as I was, but but I think this is a week a highly winnable game for them and uh I like them in this matchup.
0: Yeah, this really is a week of underdog and risky survivors because there's a lot of, of dogs that I like on this slate and, and the Jets are the first one um that we've gone through. Yeah, I mean it wasn't pretty on, on uh Monday night. Um and I mean, I guess my takeaway was, yeah, Donald was really bad. He, he was, I mean, obviously rattled. I, he was, his footwork was disgusting in the pocket, and you know, he just wasn't making good decisions. And I, and I really want to see a, a bounce back week, not only from him, but from Adam Gase and this coaching staff and the game plan that they're going to have against a, a Jaguars defense that I think is incredibly susceptible, especially without uh, Jalen Ramsey right right now. Um, I think if they can kind of manage that defensive line and that pass rush, uh, I think this, this defense could be taken advantage of. Uh, and, yeah, like as Lee was saying, this is the week where the Jets schedule, they have a, a nice stretch of seven weeks here. Where or, Yeah, it is seven weeks, right, Lee? Yeah, I'm Six fairly weeks, sure. Seven weeks?
1: Yeah, it's the next seven yeah, I mean, weeks. Yeah, they, where,
0: they where they can fire off some wins. And, uh, you know, the AFC, I mean, they got to take some of that fire from the Bills. I mean, the Bills are looking like they're going to be a lock for the wild card right now. And, I mean... You know, I just think the Jets, they need to, they need to show something. I mean, I think the, the Patriots game could potentially look a lot worse if they go out and, and, this, and this kind of spells, a, a, you know, a bigger narrative. But if this if the Patriots game is kind of a, a catapulting point for them to get back on track and, and return to the form that we saw against Dallas, uh, you know, I think it'll be a, a nice learning lesson for Darnold who has all the talent in the world and, you know, just needs to hone a little bit of it.
2: The Bengals, the 0 and 7 Bengals, are traveling to the Rams, and I know I don't think any of us are very big on the Rams this year, but this will definitely be one where they take care of and just keep pace in the NFC South or NFC West, don't you think?
1: Yeah, this is my survivor pick of the week. Um, being someone who is still alive, I don't have the Vikings left. I uh, definitely considered the Lions, but just Can't don't, do that. Know, don't know if I could take that. Yeah, take that <laughs> risk right now. So. Taking the Rams here um, at home, playing a team that hasn't won a game yet. It's, know, in, uh, it's in London, by the way, boys. Oh, oh it geez. is. I didn't know that.
2: Doesn't well, matter. In London, same, same type of home field advantage. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I, I still like the Rams in this spot. Um, the only storyline, I guess, is uh, Zach Taylor, you know, uh, maybe knowing a little bit more about the Rams than your average uh, opponent. But still, I just think personnel-wise, coaching-wise, everything-wise, the Rams outmatch them. Maybe 13.5 is a little bit high, but I like the Rams to win
0: by, you know, 9 or 10. Yeah, I'm on the Rams as well. Uh, I do think 13.5 is a little high, but I really actually like the under in this game. It's at 48 right now, I think. Uh, I'm just kind of fading the Bengals' offense a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of a, you know, a, a pretty boring game, Um I do think, you know, potentially, as you said, Lee, uh, you know, Zach Taylor is obviously familiar with McVay and that organization, but this Bengals team just isn't, isn't very good. And it uh, doesn't, you know, they just don't really have the personnel and, and the Rams uh, need to continue to beat teams that they're better than like they did in, with Atlanta last week. Uh, as I alluded to with with Seattle, and we will allude to with San Francisco, and, and even Arizona, this this division is is pretty impressive right now. So the Rams need to keep up if they want to try and make it into a crowded uh, NFC playoff picture.
2: The Buccaneers are going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans coming off a win against the Chargers, but these are two teams that I kind of see as non factors. The Bucks need a get right win uh, coming off the bye after that London game where Jameis looked. Pretty terrible, and back to his uh, turnover-prone ways. I'm gonna go with the Bucks here, just because. Uh, I mean, the Titans. Just, I feel like if the Bucks can maybe put a few points on them early with that offense, the Titans will fall behind and not really be able to catch up. But uh, the Bucks need this one if they want to stay afloat, kind of for that six seed. If it comes down to maybe a nine and seven team getting that, they definitely need to win this one, or else the season might be a wash.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Clep, being someone who was uh, a Bucks enthusiast before the season. Um, and still, you know, there are shades of that in my, uh, in, my, in my fandom or rooting interest or whatever right now. I still, Although the Buccaneers have let me down a bit, I still believe that they can kind of bounce back a little bit. It's a long season. I like them in Tennessee. I think there's only so long that Ryan Tannehill can succeed, I guess. I think Tennessee probably should have lost that game last week against the Chargers and got a little bit lucky. Um, it happens in the NFL, but I like Tampa Bay off the bye. Um, you know, like I said, this is a team I've liked, so kind of putting my faith in my, in my preseason prediction a little bit and my wins pool pick, um, and I like Tampa Bay to kind of stay, at least stay relevant and keep, uh, keep, keep afloat a little bit with a win here, because I think this game very well could, could define how they, how they finish out the year.
0: Yeah, Leah, I'm with you. This is another dog that I like. Uh, I guess we all like we're going to be on Bucks Island, all of us, uh, this week. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I think, you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game against the Chargers, but I think, you know, was better, I, I'm guessing, than Mariota. Their, their offense seemed to be a little bit, looked, you know, to operate a little bit at a higher level than it was with, with Mariota. Um, I guess on the other side with Tampa, you, you we know that their offense is – has potential to be pretty prolific and we know that Jameis is going to turn the ball over most likely, you know, and, uh, this Titans, I think the Titans have a pretty good defensive unit. I mean, this is a roster that I think we all have, you know, been kind of seduced by, uh, in the past because they, you know, they have a good team on, on paper, but I don't know, man, the Titans, uh, are, are a bit inconsistent. Um, I, I, like Vrabel, but I don't know how good of an in-game coach he is. Uh, I kind of just like the, the idea of him, but, um, I don't know. This is just, I'm just expecting the Bucks to, to kind of be the team that I think they have a higher ceiling than, and um, there's no real weather effects, and I don't know. They should They should just beat the Titans, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, one quick note for the Titans, though, when Tannehill came in, he started targeting A.J. Brown a lot more, which is something just to watch for. Is Brown was a guy I really liked in the pre jeff process, and I think, cause, you know, he's kind of one of those guys, I think, even like, if you know, say... If he was on a different team, he could be making a much bigger impact in, in his rookie year. But
0: I, he's he's the best receiver on that team. I mean, I think. I you mean, know. I, you know, we we club, we both were on that, that Jarvis Landy Juju comparison. Yeah. I kind of think I think that that pans out with him. He's a, he's a really impressive player.
2: The Eagles are going to the Bills, and the Bills are my risky survivor this week. Sticking with the overnight bus. I, I mean, they're going to play every team close. I feel like. If the Bills win this game, I'm taking them seriously and gonna formally like cement them in that wild card spot in the AFC. And if the Eagles, uh, and, and if that happens, I think I'm gonna officially start selling on the Eagles as well. They're a team that, well, you know, I kind of gave them a pass in Minnesota, but then heading to uh, Dallas, I mean, this is what three straight road games for this team too. That's a that's a little bit of a, of a tough schedule stretch, but they're they're a team that I'm I'm would be ready to fade if they lost this one.
1: Clef, I'm clashing you. i got my risky survivor yeah. as the Philadelphia Eagles Fair enough. This, this week. Um, putting a large sum of money down on the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game. This money is one line? Of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have them plus one, and I'm going to put more on the money yeah. line because the line has moved. Um, this is one of my favorite picks of the season, quite honestly. I'm, I'm, I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are too well coached. Um, I don't think the atmosphere in Buffalo is anything that they're, you know, foreign to. They don't have, you know, uh, Carson Wentz is North Dakota tough. Uh, he can deal with the cold. Um, I don't think that the shortcomings on the in the Eagles secondary are necessarily going to be as pronounced with, um, you know, a passer as inaccurate on the other side of the field in Josh Allen. I do think the game will be close. I think that each team are, is definitely going to get their licks, and I'm, I think the Buffalo Bills defense will absolutely test the Eagles. But ultimately, this is the, the Philadelphia Eagles' backs are against the wall coming off last week's loss in Dallas. And I think this is a game where they can finally kind of take it to a team that definitely isn't bad at all, but maybe a little bit overhyped. And I think Philadelphia ultimately is a better team than Buffalo um, and more of a playoff contender in terms of making a run than Buffalo is. So I like Philadelphia to kind of um, – like they've done a bit already this year after losing to Atlanta – you know, circling the wagons a little bit and, and, and getting a much-needed win um, against Buffalo. So, I, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm heavy on Philadelphia. This is one of my favorite picks of the year right now. This, this is the Eagles season to me.
0: Yeah, Lee, I completely agree with you. Another uh, dog that I like this week, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I think you said a lot of good things there. Uh, that's something that really jumped out to me is the fact that the Eagles – uh secondary and really their defense i mean i I don't want to give their the d line on paper and in the past has been really great but the defense as a whole has really played pretty awfully and and the secondary is really at the crux of it but i think you point out a really important point with i don't know how uh you know how josh allen is really going to be able to expose that defense with you know his inability as, as a passer but that being said, this is the third week that I'm, I'm on the Eagles. I thought they were going to beat the Vikings. I thought they were going to beat the Cowboys. And now I think they're going to beat the Bills. And I just after seeing what I saw in Minnesota and in Dallas, Doug Peterson, like when it, when things are going great, it's all great with him. But I just think that there's some – he just makes some stupid calls sometimes, man. And, and Miles Sanders, I, I think, has had a little bit of a rough year. I, I saw some – some clips from the Cowboys game where their line is like giving him a clear hole and he's pushing it outside like every time and he has a clear hole up the middle. There's just some, the the team just isn't executing. And and we all were on this team a lot preseason. I switched the Saints out for the Eagles as my favorite. Because we all saw the type of talent this team had and how, oh, Wentz is going to be back and he's going to be healthy. And I think Wentz has played relatively well. He hasn't played at the MVP level that I you know, perhaps thought that he was going to play at this year. But this team is just kind of, they're much more inconsistent than they should be. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is... I completely agree with you, Lee, and I feel like you're kind of, on paper, this is this is the Eagles season, they need to win this game, but that being said, they still have to go into Buffalo, play a top three defense in the league, um, and they, they still have to do it and win that game, and I think that we've maybe been thinking of the Eagles a little bit too much in this kind of glorified, uh, you know, state of what they've been two years ago and even last year, and uh, this team just really isn't executing when the chips are down. So well, they're playing I'm, from behind in every game, so... Yeah, is, I
1: don't think do Buffalo is the type of team that's going to blast off to a 21-0 first quarter lead or a 14-0 first quarter lead. I think, you know, this is, I think Buffalo is a team that will most definitely beat any team in the middle of the pack in the NFL. But when you put Buffalo up against a team that has the potential to play at an elite level, which the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely do, I don't think you can take that away from them. Even as bad as they've played this year in some scenarios, I think this is a team that realizes it's week eight, realizes that they're behind the eight ball, and knows they need to win this game against a team that they know that they're better than. And that's the bottom line. And, and I don't But think they're better
0: than... They're better than like every team in the NFL. That's not. But it's different. But look at last week. They got they got shellacked by the Cowboys. They go out the first two drives. They turn the ball over without without Deshaun Jackson. They need a deep threat for their offense. They like their offense can't operate without a deep threat. For and and Nelson Aguilar uh, isn't just isn't that guy. He can't do what Deshaun Jackson yeah, does. Well, I Dallas just think this,
1: Dallas can put up points at a clip. Minnesota can put up points at a clip. The Buffalo Bills can't.
0: They the can't. first the reason Dallas got out to that lead though is because they turned the ball over. There was two fumbles on the first two possessions were ended in a fumble, which is yeah. just like obviously that's Dallas playing good defense and, and Vander Esch made a, a really nice play to to force a fumble. But still it's just a it's a problem of execution yeah, with this team. I, if, I, I know,
1: you know where you're coming from, but I don't think that Philadelphia is going to continuously turn the ball over in the first quarter again. And even if they do, I don't think Josh Allen has the same capability of turning those turnovers into seven points as opposed to three. And that's a big difference when you're playing a team like the Eagles, who as bad as they may play, they're really never out of any game. They can always come back in a game. Um, and I think this is a season defining game for the Eagles. That's why I like it 100% It 100% so is. It 100% so, is. I think it'll be a people, close game. If I had to predict a score, I'd say maybe 27-17, 27-20 <laughs> Eagles. I think it'll be a close game in the fourth quarter, but yeah, no no no. I I, I just think too. this is an Eagles I'm, team. I'm with that you. I'm, they know they know what's in front of them.
0: And I'm picking I'm I'm picking the Eagles. I'm just saying as someone who is who has lost money <laughs> consecutively the past 2 weeks and have watched their games uh, it's just, it's just, and I've teased them. I've had them with a bunch of points, and they've been, and they've played yeah. from behind in all of those games, and that's because <laughs> okay. of their. All
1: right. I mean, and that, I think Minnesota and Dallas are a different story than Buffalo, quite honestly. And I know the record may not say that, for but sure. I think those are completely different teams.
2: So, but you know, let's, but, let's,
0: I mean, yeah. Let's Buffalo's get on. Let's, let's, let's move, move it on, on here, boys. boys.
2: <laughs> 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 love, love a good Murray Boy, uh, you know. Back and forth. Civil discourse. It's it's welcome here on the Back Judge Podcast. Very
0: civil. Very civil.
2: The Colts, home to the Broncos, the Colts have been very impressive to me. I mean, even though though I, we were just kind of fading the Titans a little bit, the AFC South is still jam-packed. Titans are 3-4, and four and the Colts are 4-2 and two at the top, and Titans are at the bottom. So uh, the, this division still could go really either way. But the, with the Colts at home, they've been taking care of business against some, some pretty solid teams like the Chiefs and the Texans. So I don't see the Broncos coming in and, and having any issues, especially after trading away Emmanuel Sanders and losing some of that firepower on offense. I think uh, the Colts will win this one at Lucas Oil.
1: Um, yeah, Club, I'm with you. I think the Colts are an interesting play at five and a half. I'll definitely be eyeballing it to see if it moves or anything like that. But I like them at home. I think Denver's spice has kind of run out after losing to Kansas City last Thursday. And real quickly, with the Emmanuel Sanders trade, what happens to me and Tommy's friendly wager with the Cortland Sutton-Emmanuel Sanders uh, receptions or targets or whatever it was? I think that we may have to call that a, call that a wash.
2: I, know, I think oh, I was yeah. on your side there, Lee. So I think Sutton. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Sutton winning as the uh, overlord of the back judge.
0: <laughs> you you were on my side until Emmanuel we Sanders that game we We were both, we were both feeding
2: Sanders heavy.
0: <laughs> you guys didn't see the off-season workout videos that I saw of him recovering <laughs> from that Achilles injury and well, and. Uh, Cortland
1: Sutton has put up ridiculous numbers this year. He has, and he's
0: gonna get. I mean, he's gonna get a bunch of targets. I and. I mean, I, I definitely want to touch on this when we get to the 49ers too, but, I mean, Garoppolo has not been good this year. Like, he's secret. Like, they are a good quarterback play of from Garoppolo away from being, you know, arguably the best team in the NFL, I think. So, um, but, I mean, to touch on the Broncos and Colts, I'm with you guys. I'm leading Colts. The Colts have been uber impressive. They uh, probably have the most underrated head coach in the NFL, and, you know, we've all been harping on Ballard uh, for a long time as – a really good general manager. So, this team just has a great infrastructure. Jacoby Brissett is playing really well, uh, and they're just well coached. So, they present just such a high floor each week. And the Broncos, on the other hand, are just a faltering faltering team that, that are, are in draft season. So, uh,
2: I'm all Colts. And I mean, mentioning, too, that they're in draft season, who even trusts that Elway's going to be able to get this one right? I, I don't It's kind of a disaster going on in, in Denver. And that was part of the Emmanuel Sanders trade, apparently. He was calling an L.A. an idiot or something like that, which he may not be too off-base. Cardinals and Saints, John Dolan's risky survivor of the week, Arizona baby going into the, the Superdome. I'm not quite there with Arizona. However, I think that they've really started to take some strides in recent weeks against uh, lesser opponents somewhat. Seeing them compete like they did in the rain against New York uh, was a good sight that they just went out east and uh, in unfavorable conditions were able to... Uh, put up the offensive numbers that they did, especially in that first half, was was really good to see. And I'm kind of uh, gaining steam on this Clef, Cliff Kingsbury ch- uh, train. It's not as Big 12-y as I thought it would be, that offense. So um, I- I'm liking the Saints here just because I think they're much more well-coached. I think Sean Payton will have... Uh, a very nice game plan for this weaker Cardinals defense than Pat Shermer was able to muster up and Ted Bridgewater. He's not blowing the doors off of anybody. And I'll be honest, I really wouldn't want him to be my starting quarterback, uh, but he's definitely a very solid player and is is obviously proven to be more than capable of filling in and winning a couple of games. He just does what he's asked to and doesn't make many mistakes.
1: Yeah. Um, I hope Dolan's right. That'd be awesome to see Arizona come in and win this game.
2: Um, I, I, Tommy, I'm, saying, I'm starting to sweat a little bit about that Lions-Cardinals wins total.
1: Well, they're right around we, the we, same we're, area. We were right uh,
2: laughing about it the first half of week one, but uh, it's a long year. It is. Year.
1: It is indeed. Um, yeah. Um, people know how, how big of fans we are of Kyler here. Um, definitely excited to see him go and go play in that atmosphere in New Orleans. I think 10.5 is a little bit steep here. I think I might be playing the Cardinals with the points this week. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm not on the same page as Dolan in terms of picking the Cardinals to win outright. Um, I I don't think that they can be able to go to New Orleans and win this game, and the Saints are on on an absolute roll right now. Um, Really well coached. Their defense is playing well. I think they're arguably, outside of the Patriots, the best team um, in terms of how they're playing in every facet of the game right now. Um, So... Yeah, I like New Orleans to win the game. But, yeah, I, I am really interested to see the type of fight Arizona puts up. And, boy, this is this Arizona team is shaping up to be, you know, a couple pieces away from really competing for, you know, a playoff spot next year and maybe even a Super Bowl down the road. We're the not too far road. So um, definitely looking forward to, to seeing, you know, Kyler going to New Orleans. But I like the Saints this weekend.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals have been playing – have been looking really impressive, and I just want to uh, just so the record states that I'm never going to let Max Kellerman and Marcus Spears live down the fact that on that Tuesday Tuesday morning they said that they'd rather have Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray, and I know when they're this all going to be. This is
2: the nightmares moment of the week, nightmares media moment of the week, back judge takeover.
0: For real, and, and and I am they bent the they bent the knee. Daniel Jones, he's got the measurables. I I just I will never let them live that down. Uh, I mean Kyler. Kyler's Kyler. I, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. The Cardinals are starting to come into form, but this really to me is more about the Saints and the fact that without Drew Brees, this team just has coached incredibly well. This defense is one of the more underrated units in the league and are, are playing really good. And I just don't think, I think that's a bad matchup for the Cardinals offense. I think the Saints have clearly the advantage on defense and on offense really. So I just think this kind of comes down to the Cardinals just not being really at that level yet. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe that they get, they get the backdoor cover uh, at 10, but to be honest, I, I'm not that faithful in the Cardinals to uh, win this weekend in a really hostile environment in New Orleans, uh, breeze or no breeze. I, think, I, don't, I don't think there's any impetus for them to uh, play breeze, but I know that he is uh, in the plans.
2: Let's go to the, the Panthers-Niners game in Santa Clara. And the Panthers coming off a bye-two after that London game, and Kyle Allen's still the starter, I believe. I think this is a really interesting game just because, Tommy, you were saying the, the Niners may be a little bit of a, a paper tiger perhaps, but uh, I'm still going to go with the undefeated Niners with the Panthers making that West Coast trip at home in, in this one. But another game that I think if the, Pan- the Panthers, honestly, are a team that I need to watch a game of. I've kind of seen snippets of it on red zones, stuff like that, but I haven't been able to watch one of their full games yet. And um, I think this would be one of those – If they were able to win, they would really pique my interest here.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm not going to pick against the Niners in this spot. Um, I just think that as good as Carolina and Kyle Allen have been since he's come in as a quarterback, you know, he's been undefeated. I just – I don't necessarily think they've played very very good competition. The hardest game they played was against the Texans, and and I think that was a game where the Texans (laughs) kind of laid an egg. And, you know, you obviously got to give credit to Carolina's defense, but – the Niners are at home. Uh, Carolina's off the bye. Definitely a game I'm going to be keeping my eye on. I think it's one of the better games on the slate this week. But uh, but I like San Francisco's defense to kind of take advantage of Kyle Allen in a way that um, no other team has done so far this year, and you know um, pressure him and and, and make him uh, you know make make a few more mistakes than he's prone to. So definitely not going to be playing this game on either side, but interested to watch it as a fan and,
0: and think it's going to be a, a good matchup. Yeah, I think this is a great litmus test uh, for the 49ers. As I, I talked about a couple minutes ago, Garoppolo was a huge part of my evaluation of them this offseason and, and kind of the potential that I saw mixed with the the play calling and the leadership of Kyle Shanahan and, and the pieces that they had on defense, and the defense has really exceeded my expectations. But Garoppolo has just really been a, a game manager that is not worth the, you know, uh, one hundred and twenty million dollars that he got uh two years ago. He hasn't looked that part yet. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders I think is a great fit for this offense, and I, and hopefully can give them something that they they haven't had from Dante Pettis, uh, Marquise Goodwin, or Debo Samuel, and give them another you know dynamic weapon who can kind of just fit any system just because of the route runner that he is. Um, but I think this is a huge uh this is a huge test for them in order to see if they really are a paper tiger or not because I think that we all have kind of been undervaluing the The Panthers a little bit. I think McCaffrey obviously is is playing unbelievable right now. This this Panthers defense is really good and is they're just a really feisty team. That um, I think. I mean, if I had to if I had to bet on this game, I think I would take the Panthers plus six. I expect this game to be pretty close, uh, and I ultimately kind of think it's going to come down to Jimmy G kind of getting a win for them. I think Kyle Allen kind of presents them. You know, with their defense and McCaffrey, uh, this team is is going to be competitive in in all their games. And I don't know if the the Texans necessarily laid an egg. I just kind of think this is what the Panthers uh, have the potential to do week in and week out. I think they're they're probably better coached than at least I have been giving them credit for throughout the past couple of years. And now with Cam Newton out, I think they kind of can uh, stretch the field at least more than they were able to do with him. Uh, and this team, I just think is is a very solid, good team that is you can't kind of sleepwalk through. And this is a the, the, they obviously had a cupcake last week in Washington, so this is a, a nice test for the
2: 49ers. Yeah, it might be better one of the better teams that they've played. And let's go to the Texans too, who I just can't really figure out week to week. Seems like they play everyone close, lose games that they should win, and. I don't really know, but the Raiders have not inspired a ton of confidence in me. Even after kind of dominating the Bears, they really just laid down against a superior opponent in Green Bay. I don't really expect them to go into Houston, especially after traveling all these weeks. I mean, you're in London, in Lambeau, now you're in Houston. Just a tough task for the Raiders, and I don't think they have the talent to, to really match up.
0: And yeah, this is I'm Gary
2: on with- Conley game. Mike Mayoff yeah. traded him right before the game.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm with you, Clep. Um, I think that Oakland is kind of one of those teams that may, may, they may shock us a couple uh, a couple more times as the season goes on. But, you know, when we talk about postseason threats, um, I think there's only one in this game, and it's, and it's the home team. I think the Houston Texans will kind of get back on pace after a disappointing divisional loss against the Colts and kind of right some of their wrongs. Uh, will Fuller being out is definitely, I think, a bit of a blow. But I think Houston's offense will survive, and, you know, we'll see Deshaun Watson – go back to putting up some pretty big numbers and in Houston handily beating Oakland.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, uh, you know, with we're all on the Colts this weekend and and you know, the Colts are incredibly live in that division right now and the Texans, you know, need to be playing week to week competing with them. Cause uh, you know, it's going to be, I mean, I guess you, you would think that one of those teams is going to be the wild card and one of those teams is going to be the division winner, but either way, uh, all these games are really important for both of those teams. And, yeah, just to touch on the Gary on Connolly trade, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know a lot about you know the inner you know the personnel of, of that defense or if there was some uh, locker if he was a locker room issue or something like that. But trading uh, you know, your, I mean, I know it's a new regime and you didn't pick him with that first round pick, but you know, just getting a third round pick for a, a second year corner that you picked in the first round. Um, I don't know. It just it, it's a little weird. Obviously, he's just but not you know, that good. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's just really I not guess. that good.
0: I mean, yeah, and I, they obviously have uh, the kid uh, who they from Clemson, Mullen, Trayvon Mullen. They obviously drafted him, and that's one of their guys. So they probably want to get him in the lineup a little bit more. But just a weird trade. And, and I'm with, but you know, yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, the Houston's got to win this game at home. They should win this game. Uh, the Raiders are a feisty opponent, so Bill O'Brien can't. You know, he's going to have to. They're going to have to go out there and. And get the win, obviously. But um Houston, yeah, they just need to win a game. So th- I'm expecting them to win at home.
2: I think Houston may have even traded the pick they got for Clowney for Conley. I mean, oh really? Yeah, uh, third-round third, no third round pick or something like that. Bill O'Brien, just, what are you doing, man? Like, oh, God. Trading a third. Yeah, the, well, the two, basically just traded Jadavion Clowney for Gary on Conley.
0: Well, I heard that they're... Uh... Someone was saying um, that they don't have a GM, so they just they don't need draft picks. They don't <laughs> want to, you know, they just gotta get you know actualized talent and not you know potential. So you know, they're, they're just they're, they're punting on the whole
2: idea of, a, of exactly. a draft. Get us in that war room. Let us handle it. Seriously, come on. We should put in an application. Seriously.
0: Whole lot of handshakes. Whole lot of <laughs> handshakes going on. Social media team's gonna be capturing that.
2: <laughs> um, the Browns visiting the Patriots. I mean, I think the Patriots will, will take care of business here just like they did with an inferior opponent against the Jets. Brown's coming off the bye, so maybe they figured some of their own issues out uh, over the course of that, but also don't really trust Freddie Kitchens that much to figure out what the heck's going on.
1: Yeah, uh, not, not liking the Browns in this spot. Really tough to pick against New England. I made the mistake of doing it last week, picking the Jets. Um, huge mistake on my part. And Jarvis Landry coming out and saying, you know, we're going to win the game. It's just, I don't know when. You said that? Yeah. I don't know when. I texted you guys about it last week with Doug Peterson. You know, it's always good to exude confidence and, you know, say, you know, we're going to win the game and all that stuff. But when it comes to the NFL, man, I just think it's, you can't, you can't give these teams bulletin board material um, I think it's just a bad move. You should keep those things to yourself. And then, and then Jarvis Landry tried to double back and say, "Oh yeah, we I meant we're going in there with the with the mindset that we want to win." Oh really? Like yeah. You because you're because you're, you're not supposed to have that mindset in every game. Like what, what do you mean? Everyone everyone wants to win the game. You don't have to say we're going to win and add fuel to the fire, the burning fire of Bill Belichick that has taken over the NFL. Like you don't need to you know add more coal to that, but
2: I Jarvis, Jarvis Landry should start uh, maybe taking some yaps instead of handing them out, eh? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, But yeah, no, that's enough of, of that. I, I like New England. Um, I think they'll take care of business at home and definitely, you know, just to look forward to, to the next game a little bit, playing Baltimore off the bye next week. Really look into that one. Think that that, in terms of the uh, AFC North, AFC East matchup, and I, I think that's a much better one to look out for than, than the one we got this week.
0: Yeah, that matchup is going to be huge and, and you know, is uh, on, a, on a side note, I think it's going to be very big for at least my evaluation of Lamar Jackson. I'm really excited to see how he's going to do against that defense and, and how Belichick's going to scheme for him. But on to this game. Uh, I'm with you guys. Not much more to add. I'm on the I'm on the Patriots as well. Um, I do want to see how the Browns look with uh, their kind of their backs against the wall going up against the Patriots. This kind of screams kind of what they – the kind of energy that they were riding on last year of, of being the underdogs, and now that they have all this hype, they, they don't really have anything to to chew on from that from that angle. So maybe that's something that uh, they can ride to make this aim in, in, to cover that thirteen point spread that it's at right now, and maybe make this a little bit closer of a game. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just kind of want to see how how this team responds, um, and because you know if, if they get rolled over like the Jets did, or and you know a lot of teams have. To New England, uh, you know, I think that is more concerning than it would be with with other teams, maybe.
2: Lee, you said you were going to pick the Chiefs over the Packers this week in our, our pre show meeting. Yes, sir. Uh, do you do you care to just take this one from the jump?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I want to start off by saying I don't want to disrespect the Packers. I've done that enough this year. I do think they're a good team. Obviously, going to be a playoff team this year, but I, I think at a certain point something's got to give, um, and. The Chiefs are a team that has been a little bit bruised and battered over the past few weeks. At the end of the day, it's still Andy Reid. You're still playing at home. Even if Mahomes isn't playing, I still believe in the offense to move the football. They clearly did it against Denver with Matt Moore. I'm not saying Matt Moore is nearly at the level that Mahomes is. That'd be crazy to say. But I think this is an offense that's still gonna be able to move the ball. I think the defense is gonna play hungry. It's a prime time spot at home. And I hate using the word can afford or using the term can afford to lose, but the Packers, if any team in the NFL can afford to lose. Um, it's the Packers. Uh, I don't think Devontae Adams will be playing. So I think this game will be close in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs will ultimately eke it out at home. Um, I just lean towards the Chiefs because they're at home in this one. Uh, if it was in Lambeau, I'd pick the Packers. But I just like Kansas City to kind of – when's the last time Kansas City's been an underdog at home? You know, um, So I just think a lot of people are fading them just because Mahomes got hurt, and I still think it, it, they still are very well coached. They've got a ton of weapons. Tyree kills back obviously, so uh, I like them to move the ball and, and, and really compete in this game and, uh, and prove people that you know they're more than just 15.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I completely disagree. I th- I think the Chiefs, the only real allure of the Chiefs right now is Mahomes, and this defense is is awful, and they're going up against a Packers team that I just think is, is clearly better than them without Mahomes, and I mean, that was the real troubling thing that we saw against the Lions, we saw against the Colts, and uh, you know, we saw, uh, I mean, I guess not against Denver, but the, the defense, I don't know, I just don't think they're very good, and they're going to be going up against a superior, at least running, rushing attack, I think with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I think they're going to be able to cut it up, and, and you got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and the Packers defense, I think, is good enough to really limit, uh, you know, a backup quarterback and Matt Moore, uh, despite the weapons that he has around him. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty confident in the Packers this weekend to, to get a win. Um. Yeah, that's that's kind of my analysis.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna pick. Mahomes hasn't even
0: been ruled out yet either. Just want to add. No, that. no. There, I know. There's no. I I would be shocked if he plays. I think it would kind of be stupid to play him. To be honest, just because you got to think of the bigger picture, you are gonna win your division. Um. Just don't don't play him. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> we can I, afford to lose just as much as the Packers can, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think that it's unfortunate that we'll probably be deprived of a Mahomes Rodgers matchup just because you know these AFC NFC matchups really only come around once every 4 years or so unless some lucky stuff happens with scheduling but these are two teams that definitely have Super Bowl aspirations whether or not both of them are at full strength right now I don't think really matters this definitely could be a Super Bowl preview as much as I bagged on the Packers in in the preseason I still don't think Maybe that they're as good as other people are saying, but I, I think I have to own up to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is somewhat of a superhero. So uh, that is what it is, and uh, I'll, I'll pick the Packers here, even with the Chiefs. I think Lee, I think Lee is right to a certain extent that we shouldn't just count out the Chiefs just because Mahomes isn't playing. Their offensive system is still really good. Matt Moore is a seasoned quarterback. Uh, they still have weapons like Tyreek Kill, who can make plays happen even just on a simple screen pass. It's not like you need Mahomes to start yeah. launching I mean, passes yeah, side you yeah, know, 40 yards on the field. I just
1: want to say it's obviously Patrick Mahomes is incredibly talented, but you know, take be that as it may, when a receiver is running down the field and there's not a DB within 15 yards of him, that's not Mahomes like throwing them open. That's him being wide open and them out scheming the other team. And that's Kansas City and Andy Reid have proven they can do that. Um, Eric Bieniemy, uh, the offensive coordinator. So as long as Matt Moore can make the throws, I think Kansas City will be in this game. And with the crowd behind them, if it's close in the fourth quarter, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs. That's all.
2: It's, uh, it's Monday night at Heinz Field, and uh, Paul Zeese is an honorary prophet. Let's go, baby. And uh, <laughs> the Steelers are just going to continue to get right. Let's go.
1: Yeah, Tommy, you were, you said earlier in the podcast, unless barring a Cleveland Browns run, how about a how about a, a Pittsburgh Steelers run? How about a, how about you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers' upcoming schedule and tell me they can't tear off a, a few wins and end up nine and seven and and, and sniffing that AFC wildcard break. Because I still believe, especially with they need to get this, you know, no win in the NFL is easy, but big home win against the Dolphins, get back on track, and they're they're right in the thick of things in the AFC. So
0: well. As a precursor, I just like to tell you guys and the audience that you obviously have never tanked in a Madden game before. Because you know, if you have a first-round pick of another team, you're using that game and you're playing it. And the Dolphins, they have a reason to win this game because it's in their best interest to win this game. Because then that Pittsburgh pick has a higher potential of being a top ten pick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm leaning towards the Steelers. Uh, leaning. They really. <laughs> they, they're gonna they win the game. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're necessarily. Is there, is there a heavy wind in Miami that's pushing you the other way? Where, where's the lean coming from? Where, where's the where's the uncertainty? I, I think that the Dolphins truly are as a team that I believe is tanking. I think that I think that at that point actually holds some weight. The fact so that you they think have...
1: that they're not trying in their other games, but now
0: they will because they own no, the Pittsburgh no. draft pick. I mean. Not really. It's more like the fact that they went for two against Washington. It's like we're we're you know we're gonna take this if we can. I'm not gonna. I'm not picking the Dolphins. All right, I'm picking the Steelers. I just don't really you know. I'm. It's a huge stay away. We need to get Zeus on the podcast, bro. Who do, they, who do the Steelers have after this? Is it – it, is it scheduled? I, I haven't – I was really
1: – after the San Diego uh, – San Diego, L.A. win, um, I was really jazzed about it, and it was like all over their upcoming schedule, but I have since forgotten. I think they play Cleveland –
0: they, they play Cleveland the, and Cincinnati. They, they play th- the Colts next week at home. That Yeah, well, that's
1: a tough game, but then I'm pretty sure they play Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland, someone else, Baltimore. So, you know, they obviously have a few tough games, but I think if they can, you know – if they can take care of business in the division, you know, just trying to get into a little Steelers talk here, and if Mason Rudolph can continue to improve, um, is he
0: starting this weekend?
1: Yeah, he is. He's like fully healthy um, and, and starting. Mean, so,
0: am I crazy for thinking? Why don't you start Hodges? Oh, mean, just of, because is I, not I the think Rudolph?
1: Rudolph is your guy. I think the Steelers genuinely believe they can make the playoffs, uh, as yeah. they should. And I think if you have that mindset, you got to start the better quarterback. And I, as much as Duck came in and proved that he could play with the big boys i think rudolph is a better bet long term um and you know i do want to remind people as an honorary steelers fan this year that brutal roughing the passer call against baltimore would have been all the difference for this team um you know this season you know that's just a brutal call so do you yeah. want to remind people of that um that that was a tough loss at home to baltimore but I, I like that the Steelers are going on a little bit of a revenge tour this year after all their naysayers came out came out of the woodwork early on
0: yeah I mean I just wanted to beside you know you have the the Colts and the Texans and then really the bills are have a really easy schedule and and that's why kind of I mean if you're a team in the AFC who's kind of in the on the fringe of the mix of things you know like Cleveland or Pittsburgh or the Chargers you um, you're in a prime position to make a run. Uh, you know, I just, I, so I think that the, the chance that they, that a team like that has of making the playoffs is much higher than a t- chance of the team on the fringe of the, the NFC playoffs is. So I'm, I'm just saying, if you go through the scheduling kind of and how it looks, it's hard to not see, you know, Kansas, New England, Kansas city, either Houston, uh, Houston uh, or Indianapolis. And then yeah, Buffalo, I'm missing one, one division. Yes, Baltimore. Those the the four division winners, and then either Houston, uh, Indianapolis, and or Buffalo. So or or X wild card team that can go on a run here. But you know it's going to take a run.
2: Before we wrap this up, let's do our parlays of the week. I've been having some more wild ones the last few weeks. So I'm, I'm and, and there's nothing that was really jumping off the screen to me. I know we were all in the Bucks, but I'm not about to bet the Bucks on a money line to just ruin a ruin a good parlay here. So I'm going to do uh, Panthers. Plus six and a half Cardinals plus ten and a half and uh, the Colts to win uh, on that money line risking 20 to win uh, a solid 65
0: I mean I I've been I have lost a lot of money over the past <laughs> two weeks um, I'm kind of uh I'm, I'm looking for just one bet so I think I'm uh I think I'm gonna hit Lee's this is a, a college football NFL crossover, but I think I'm going to be betting a uh, Texas Green Bay Packers money line parlay, and it play, pays out to. a am <laughs> not putting on the Packers on the Texas on on Texas. I'll pick. I'll use. I'll use a. Uh, you know, what? I'm probably going to do a big teaser with the Cardinals, the Jets, uh,
2: the Cardinals, the Jets, Tommy Chopboy, Tommy think. Cheese.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease the. Teasing the more than Jay more. Uh, Jets up to thirteen and a half. The Cardinals to seventeen, and the uh, Eagles to nine. So there it is. There you go, kids. Make some money. Panthers to right. throw the Panthers at thirteen too. All right, here
1: we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you guys with some knowledge here. I'm going Eagles money line. Uh, Indianapolis Colts minus five and a half, and the New York Jets plus six and a half. Uh, we're gonna go. 20 to win 134 baby a little 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 three-teamer right there um i think
2: josh allen has something to say about that
1: yeah two two josh allens
2: might have to say something about that
1: we'll see but uh then my other one is uh i I got texas longhorns money line eagles money line chiefs money line 10 for a honey so (laughs) that's those are my those are my two one of them is a college crossover one but uh I've been diversifying with my with my uh, my bankroll management recently, and, and parlays are not the way to go unless you're really confident. So, yeah. I've been I've been trying to make single bets, and, and I had a good week in my weekly five last Whoa. week. So,
0: Was Ohio State's only a 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah, I got Wisco in the weekly five. Really? Read up. All right,
1: I, I, I'll talk. To, I want to talk is there, to you. About is there that an, out, an audio out, version out of this weekly? I th- I should be doing one, and I like sat down to do it yesterday, but then I was like, nah.
2: Nah, no, hey, no, you're not getting paid. Dude, it's it's kind of one <laughs> of those
1: things where you know, if I feel it, I feel it. I yeah. might tear one off. I might tear one off tonight uh, after the big Pistons game if I'm feeling inspired. But but Dude, yeah, the I only thing that,
2: that inspires you these days is that that Stella or Pibber in the fridge. Your then then, right then right those is. weekly fives start coming out.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, um, but, Yeah. Cool. I've had two blessed weeks the past two weeks, so hopefully I can,
2: I can see yeah, it. Yeah, the weekly five better. was hanging on by a thread there during that Oklahoma-Texas game.
1: Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> that, well, that was, yeah, that was a big turnaround <laughs> point for me. Because that was, quite honestly, the wrong side.
2: The weekly five um, was on life support.
1: It was. It was. But right. we're here, look at us.
2: Look at us. Like Paul Rudd would say. <laughs> and hot ones.
0: <laughs> That's a classic meme, man. That already has just been... That just isn't the Hall of Fame already, man.
2: Alright, Anything else, fellas? I pretty much wrapped it up. Beautiful. Yeah. Tommy. Right. Tommy, you guys. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Sorry.
1: <laughs> Read up.